Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And uh, last time we left you with the uh, pre-trade deadline show, and uh, now we're going to cover what happened and go into that. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the couple games that the Ducks had uh, before that. Uh, things didn't quite go so well for the Ducks in those two games. They actually lost the two leading up to the trade deadline. They uh, played uh, Calgary. They also played Edmonton. Um, the game against Calgary, they had some... A bad luck. They had a couple of bad bounces, and they ended up uh, losing that game two to one. Unfortunately, the first goal went in off Megna, and the second goal, the game-winning goal, also Megna deflected it and went back to Calgary uh, in, on a two-on-one, and they ended up winning that game. Uh, not a bad game, but uh, the Ducks lost that one. And then they also had the game against Edmonton. That was the one that we had the the watch party at Kent Huskins Coffee Place, and. This one was another heartbreaker too, Eddie. Um, you know, the like we said, they lost the Calgary one. Then they had the Edmonton one. It looked like both of these games could have gone to where the Ducks could have maybe got a point. And it looked like the Ducks scored late and tied the game by Corey Perry. And then the goal was disallowed for a goalie interference in this game against Edmonton. So these last two games, Eddie, the Ducks ended up losing both of them 2-1 to one going up to the trade deadline. What are your thoughts? Well, that wasn't goalie interference at all. I mean, you had a... Uh... RNG, whatever his name is, uh, he was grabbing him and pushed him to the goalie. It, the same thing happened in the playoffs, and, and and it was a good goal. So I have no idea why they, they decided to call it interference this game. I mean, maybe they didn't want to hear, you know, the Edmonton fans crying like they usually do and, and being all upset about every little thing because they're, they're really sensitive about their team, especially that McDavid was, you know, suspended. I mean, I think the Ducks played well against Edmonton. Um I mean, they made a few mistakes, and they kind of digressed during the period. But like the first few minutes of it, they were controlling the game. I think it was like seven to one shots uh, for, uh, for a, a nice little minute there. But unfortunately, the Ducks just couldn't. Uh, they just couldn't get past it, and they couldn't really just. They were do- doing a great job in the middle zone, but once they got in their zone, they couldn't really get anything going. It was just kind of like pretty much a, a defensive game and goalie game. Um, I didn't watch the Calgary game. Unfortunately, I was I was moving, but uh, when I saw the score and seeing they just lost by by one goal against a uh, you know the first in the West team and and Calgary's been pretty hot. I mean that was pretty good to see, and that was like wow. I mean our, our Ducks are you know second to last right now, and they kept up with one of the best teams in the West, and, and that was pretty cool. And, and what you told me, Mike, it was just you know unlucky bounces in that game. And if a few bounces would have went our way, I mean that score could have been easily two one Ducks. Yeah, that first game against Calgary was a little frustrating. Like you said, you had the you know first place team. The Ducks played well. Uh, it looked like going late into that game, they were going to go to at least overtime. You know, the two goals that uh, Calgary scored were bad bounces. You know, this game was pretty evenly uh, played too. You know, the Flames had twenty eight shots, the Ducks had twenty six. The faceoffs were almost even. Uh, I just really thought the Ducks could at least get a point out of this one, if not two. You had uh, Ryan Miller started this game, you know, the back-to-back scenario. There was a little bit of a scare towards the end. It looked like he tweaked his knee, but he did finish the game. And obviously he didn't play in the next game against Edmonton. Uh, the plan wasn't for him to play anyways. Uh, Boyle came in to start this one with the back-to-back scenario. As you all know, Gibson and Chad Johnson are still on the IR. 
But uh, frustrating, you know, the Ducks had won three out of four before with Murray as coach, and then they lose these two. Uh, I, I really thought they deserved a better fate. Um, the this, this second game against Edmonton, the uh, no-goal call really, really irritated me. Um, looking at that play, if you look at it uh, with Henrique towards the net there, he gets turned towards the goalie. It looks like he makes minimal contact, if any, with the goalie. The puck already goes between his pads to you know the other side where Perry slam dunks at home. I, I mean, it looked like a goal to me. I didn't see any interference whatsoever. Um, even if they deemed some of the contact there been by Henrique, the puck had already gone through the goalie's leg, so it wouldn't have ir- interfered with his chance to make a save. Anyways, because he didn't even know where the puck was. So, uh, you know, disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I thought that, you know, like I said, the Ducks could have got a point in each of these games at least. So that's not what happened, unfortunately. Uh, We did have a good time at Kent Huskins Coffee Place. We highly recommend you go there. They do have coffee and beer, so it's not just a a coffee place. But we had a – yeah, the beer was fantastic. We had a good amount of uh, fans that showed up there. We had the Mess Hall Canteen uh, food truck there. If you have not heard about them, their food is the bomb. Uh, I had the um, – it was the grilled cheese, whatever it was. I, I don't even remember. It was so damn good, Eddie. I think you had it too. It was like bacon and cheese. We, we oh, just, yeah. It, it was, it yeah, was amazing. They, uh, I was picking myself out just to, in heaven for that little 10 minutes yeah. I was eating. And I eat fast, so it's just—it's great, especially if you have a couple drinks. (laughs) It's very, very good food. Um, So we had a good time there. And and if you saw the video, we um, uh, put—we had a kid on there talking about the Ducks game, and people were cracking up. Um, That's uh, Torin, and uh, his uh, dad and mom came and brought him as well. And he was talking our ear off, and he actually knew a lot uh, about hockey. Eddie was cracking me up. He kept talking about. 87 on the Penguins and, you know, how we got to take that guy and this guy. I was cracking up. He kept referring to a lot of players as names. But uh, overall, good time, Eddie, and, uh, you know, I had fun with everybody that came. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience. It was really great. Uh, Ken Huskins was uh, nothing but pure class and just down to earth. He was just talking just like he was one of us. And, like, dude, you're a Stanley Cup champion and a, and a professional, a former professional hockey player, and you're just – just nonchalant, like just making sure everyone's comfortable, making sure you know everything was going smooth, and it was it was just a great experience. It was really cool, just to, you know, just to hang out with him and have that, just just have that experience and, and to go over there, and, you know, do something different. So it it was great. All the fans that showed up were, were awesome. The kid, uh, oh, this kid was probably one of the best Ducks fans I ever met in my life, and he was just full of energy. I mean, he he got tired a little bit, but then. You know, he had a little, you know, his second win and kept going. And he knew his hockey, and he was just really funny. And, I, man, I, I want to bet anyone money. If you talk to this kid for, like, five minutes, you're going to have a smile on your face. He, he's going to make you laugh. It was just – it was a great Saturday night despite the loss. I mean, that, that kind of stung. I was driving home. And I, usually I, I pout when I drive home because I'm pissed off. I'm driving that far after Ducks lost, but like the whole Saturday night, it was just a good experience. And I, I was still happy to drive home, even though we lost and just to have, you know, that experience with, with Huskins and that amazing kid. And then being at the Ducks and Pucks watch party. And of course that amazing food, it, it was just a great Saturday night. I want to like, I think it's probably by far my best Saturday night of uh, 2019 so far. Yeah, it was a great experience. Like we said, fun times, glad everybody could come out. Uh, and like you said, Kent was a great host as well. So had a good time. We'll maybe try and do another one. I don't know if we'll do it this season, but we'll see. We'll try and uh, get back out there. But if you get a chance, swing by there at his place and, and check out what he has to offer. It's a pretty good setup there. It's a, a nice uh, building and layout. 
So fast forward after uh, Saturday, Eddie, we, uh, you know, had uh, Sunday to kind of hang out and think about some things, right? You know, oh, nothing's going to happen. The trade deadline's on Monday. You know, we'll see what's going to happen. It's not going to, you know, be too much stuff before, right? Well, nope, the Ducks ended up making a trade. And the first one that they did, um, not going to say I told you so, but I did tell you so. Brandon Montour was the first trade that the Ducks did make. Uh, leading up to the trade deadline, and he ended up uh, going to Buffalo. The Ducks ended up getting uh, Brendan Aguli, and then it's confusing, but they got a 2019 first-round draft pick, depending on if it's uh, San Jose or St. Louis, whichever one's higher. I'm not going to go into the specifics. Uh, Cap Friendly posted it. It's kind of confusing, but (laughs) this trade got done, uh, and, and of course, people were upset, but this is the trade that we talked about in the last show, Eddie, with uh, the extension of Silverberg. And the whole uh, tagging issue and the Ducks going over the cap with that, they had to make some room. And the player we looked at was Montour, and that was the one that was done. So what did you think about this uh, you know, trade that the Ducks did? Uh, you know, Obviously, there's only a couple they made, but this was the big one that they, that they did uh, to start off uh, this past weekend. At first, I was a little confused. Uh, I was still just you know, driving home when it happened, so I, I couldn't really dissect it that much. But then just stopping, uh, stopping and thinking about it, I mean – it makes sense for the Ducks. Obviously, we knew someone big was going to get traded. We had to. We just signed Silverberg, and we have to, you know, get under that cap space to, to officially sign him without having that tagging issue going on. Um, a, a first round pick is not bad. It's cool. I mean, me personally, I think uh, Bob Murray could have waited to trade him today, and he probably could have got a little bit more for him by a team that was desperate. But we. Pretty much got a first and second round pick out of this, you know, this trade. Uh, Gooley, right? Is what I'm saying his name right? Gooley? Yeah, uh, he was a second round pick. So, I mean, technically we got a first round pick uh, coming up over here uh, next draft, and we got a second round pick. So, it's not too bad. And and what I've read about him, he's a really, really fast skater. Uh, He's really smooth. So, hopefully he just transitions and, and makes that step to the, you know, to the player that he's projected to be in a top four. So hopefully that works out. Um, just, you know, uh, just as a fan of Montour, he, he's been a stand-up guy uh, and pretty much we all watched him kind of develop for the ducks and it kind of stings a little bit. And I know a lot of fans, you know, are, you know, get emotionally attached to players like, like, like we all do. We're all human, which is, it, it's, it's normal, but I mean, we have to understand it, it's the business of it, but there's like, Nothing wrong about you know missing a player and getting that emotional attachment, and I, I wish him the best of luck, Mike. Uh, we both met him. I think one of the games he went to, we, we saw him up there to Jack Daniels Lounge, and he was nice enough to take a picture of both of us. I posted it on my Twitter. Uh, it was just it was, those experiences and those encounters, like just him being that professional and him giving his all to the Ducks, regardless of people say that you know he's having a bad season, which all the Ducks are. And I mean, it's one of those things, and the fortunate. It's sad to see him go, but I think we got a pretty decent return. We could have got a little better, but it's still decent. And uh, and overall, I'm happy, and I wish him the best. And I hopefully uh, these uh, this player and this pick you know works out best for us. Like I said, uh, we had a Casse as a seventh round pick, so you never know. We can have a you know this this later first round pick and you know be our future superstar. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I'm not jinxing it, but hopefully that pans out that way. But 
yeah, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this one. Yeah, I mean, some of the things that, you know, made this trade happen, we talked about in the, in the article, too, and, and that's some things on the last podcast as well as the issues with his defensive coverage, you know, him getting caught up the ice too much. Um, yeah, offense, you know, some people saying numbers aren't up there, but like you said, the whole team, the numbers aren't up there, unless you're talking about Silverberg and maybe Getzloff, you know, that have been up there doing some stuff. And, and all Sprague as well, too, which he did not get traded, which that was kind of a surprise, but we could talk about that as well. But, uh, you know, those were some of the concerns they had. Don't forget, too, another thing that uh, someone reminded me about today, and we were talking about it before the show, Eddie and I, was the whole arbitration issue with Montour as well. Uh, if you remember uh, that he had filed for that before, and you know when that happens, that's kind of an issue too. So, you know, maybe trying to keep him, he would want more money. That would have been a huge issue. And Murray decided to go with Silverberg instead and give him, you know, the five point two five, which it's not official yet, but it, it it probably should be within the next week or so. Is what it sounds like now that the you know the dust on the trade deadline has settled. So, you had some of that uh, issues and concerns going on. And like we said, the only other one we thought was maybe Fowler, but the way he's been playing and everything, um, you know, they decided to keep him, which is what Eddie and I thought on the last show. We thought of the two that they would most likely go with Montour. And then, you know, they went out and got the, uh, this uh, Brendan Gooley guy, which I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard some people say, he, you know, he's not going to do much. He's a waste. But I've heard other people say good things about him. So, you know, he's 21. So, you know, you've got a few years younger uh, than Montour. Um, he's got 27 points uh, this season at 50 games in the AHL right now. Uh, he played a couple games with the Sabres, no points. But, uh, you know, he's a decent size. He's 6'2", 196 pounds. Uh, the scouting report says that he can play physical taking and giving hits. Um, they're saying, you know, that he's similar to Montour and being a two-way defenseman. But the, the thing I think Murray looked at in this one is that he can play uh, more consistently throughout the game you know, uh, both ends of the ice, which is what Montour kind of had some issues with this season. So that's probably what they're looking at is getting a younger version of Montour with Gooley, kind of like what they did with uh, Shore for Andrew Cognano. Again, another another trade that, you know, on the face, you know, as a Ducks fan, you're kind of sad because, you know, obviously Cognano is a fan favorite. Montour was a, a fan favorite for a lot of people as well, too. So, I think that's what they're looking at, though, is they're looking at getting younger again. We talked about that in the last show. The other trades talk about it, too. They're getting more and more draft picks loading up uh, coming up this summer. But that's what I kind of see. And I, and I do agree with you, Eddie. I think um, he did pull the trigger, you know, Sunday um, before the uh, trade deadline, which, you know, may or may not, uh, not have been a surprise. But, uh, yeah, he could have held on and maybe got another pick or another, uh, you know, uh, prospect out of it. But, it, again, it goes back to the whole saying of, you know, you can't evaluate a trade right away and say, oh, this team won or this team lost. I, it's hard to say right now. If, if Gooley can be close to what Montour is, then it might work out for the Ducks. And, of course, the Ducks have another draft pick in the first round, which is good as well. So, you know, I don't love this trade. Uh, I understand it. Uh, it makes room also for Silverberg, like we talked about. The Ducks get younger, get more draft picks. And, Eddie, that's pretty much the theme that, you know, we saw, uh, as we talked about last week, that Murray would go with. And we'll talk about the other trades in a couple minutes. But that's what the Ducks did on these last couple days before the trade deadline. Yeah, I just understand this whole, like, retooling uh, thing he said. Uh, If you're retooling, why would you sign Silverberg to this contract? Yeah, I mean, I love Silverberg, and I wouldn't want to see him go. But if you're really retooling, you could have traded him, and you could have – 
raised that price and got more draft picks. You could have switched them for some prospects or something. I mean, are you really retooling? Are you just kind of tanking for this season and hoping that, you know, next season will just be different with the same core that you have and, you know, you're going to go in the offseason and add just, you know, kind of over-the-hill guys that you had before. And I I just – that's what kind of worries me. Like, I I do want change and I want our Ducks to to play their best hockey and the most potential that they have. But I don't understand where Murray's going with this team. He, He throws out words like retooling but you're signing Silverberg to this contract when you could have easily got rid of him and got draft picks to help you retool. And you could have filled the void with the younger guys that are more than capable of, you know, filling a role and getting those minutes and producing. So I'm just kind of confused on what Murray means by retooling and what's going on with him. I really wish you would, and the ducks would be open and more community, like just kind of communicate with the fans more and exactly tell like what the fans are, like, like, like what they're going to do and then not just like do a little uh, a letter to the orange alliance that your public relations person wrote but just be open and honest i mean we all made fun of new york when they put that letter out to all their fans saying that they're you know rebuilding and when they were but you know what i stopped thinking about it at least they had that common decency and courtesy to let their fans know what's going on uh even the ottawa senators and all the the shit shows they've been going uh, from last postseason um, they still made an effort to communicate with their fans and Murray just goes out and just talks to reporters and throws out words like retooling, but he hasn't really communicated to the fans. And I, I, me personally as a fan, and I'm not sure about you, Mike, or our other fans, but I'm still confused about what's going on. I mean, we're only, a, what, seven points out of a, you know, a playoff spot because the West is so weird. Are, are we just going to just like going to let it ride and not want to make the playoffs? Are we going to try to make the playoffs and then lose in the first round? Like I have no idea what they're trying to do. So I'm just I'm, right now. I'm just kind of confused on what's going on with this season and and him throwing out words like retooling, but then signing someone like Silverberg when he could have got you know a team to overpay for him. No, I, I agree with you. I think if they would have uh, traded Silverberg, they could have got a lot more for sure than just a draft pick and you know a minor league player with potential. Basically, I mean that's absolutely correct. They, I think they could have got. You know, three or four different kind of players or draft picks combination, um, you know, doing uh, some kind of trade with him. But that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to keep Silverberg. And like we said, he it, basically by them doing that, put the Ducks in this position where they weren't going to be able to do a whole lot. We knew they weren't going to go out and get a bunch of, of players and whatnot. I saw when we posted our list, a bunch of people cracking up uh, about the uh, the players that we saw that the Ducks might go after. Most of those players being AHL players or players with, you know, little uh, NHL experience. But you had to know that was coming because once the Silverbrook deal was announced and, and obviously they couldn't officially do it because of the whole tagging issue, it put the Ducks behind the eight ball. They could not do a lot at this trade deadline. Not that they have in the last couple seasons anyways, but it tied this team's hands. And like you said, yeah, the whole retooling thing is a weird term because – they're kind of adjusting some things, but not adjusting some things. So, you know, they've gotten a little bit younger on the defense. They moved Montour out. They didn't really change anything on the offense. I mean, unless you're going to say the big signing for the trade deadline was keeping Silverberg. That's their offensive signing, you know, basically. But they're not going in a full rebuild. They're they're doing stuff, for lack of a better term, half-asset. That's what you're kind of looking at. They're not really addressing all the needs of the team. It seems like they're just going to ride out this season they're going to pick the coach in the offseason. They're going to get whatever draft picks that they can get. 
Um, they did create some uh, more cap space too. And we'll talk about that in a second with a couple of these other trades. And to me, I don't know if they're officially tanking, but they're definitely writing off this season. They're, they're not going to try and make a big push for the playoffs. They know if they make the playoffs, they're not going to go far. That's, that's my understanding from what I'm seeing from all the stuff that happened. And, you know, the other trades speak for themselves. They didn't do a whole lot. So later that night on uh, Sunday night, they traded Delzato and, um, or excuse me, they traded uh, uh, Gibbons. And then at, at the end of the trade deadline, they traded Delzato. So those were the two trades. The other ones that they made, they moved out some more cap space. So on Sunday night, they sent out Gibbons. They got uh, Patrick Seeloff from Ottawa, uh, you know, a little bit cheaper of a player. And then at the end of the trade deadline, they sent out Delzato. He had his $2.2 million cap hit, and they got a, a six-round draft pick uh, also for the, uh, the coming up draft this summer. So if you look at both of these moves, again, not much, Eddie. It goes in the same theme. Uh, you had Gibbons, who wasn't really doing a whole lot for the team this season. Um, you know, was basically playing the fourth line or scratched. Um, Patrick uh, Seeloff, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to make. He's another young defensive player. Uh, he's a big guy, six foot, two hundred five. Um, he's scored two goals in the two uh, games that he played in the NHL, two uh, debut games with different teams. Uh, you know, he's got uh, nine points currently in forty five games with the uh, the minor league Senators team. So, uh, you know, he can add some to it. Uh, it does seem like he takes a little bit too many penalties. Another physical guy. So it looks like. Murray kind of went from, you know, some more uh, physical type players on the blue line to add. And then uh, they also moved out Delzato. So they, you know, got more cap space. The Ducks moved out about $6 million in cap space and only brought in about $1.5 million. So now you can get your Silverberg deal done and you got some room for whatever's going to happen in the summer. I mean, that's when the Ducks tend to do more stuff. So, I mean, that's where it's at. I mean, it's not really an exciting trade deadline. We, we said that on the last show, you know, I... I wasn't really anticipating a whole lot. I figured the Ducks would try to get some younger players or draft picks. That's exactly what they did. And they only moved out Montour. So nothing super exciting. Uh, if you're a Ducks fan and you're looking at this and you're like, man, this, this was terrible. We didn't do much. Well, yeah, we didn't. And it goes back to what you said, Eddie. The Ducks signed Silverberg, and that just put them in a rock and a hard spot, you know, giving them that extra money. There wasn't much that they could do. And I think they're just looking to next season. Yeah, same here. I mean, we didn't come out the, as losers, you know, by far. We weren't those uh, donkeys that, you know, we posted on Ducks and Pucks, that, that clip, that video clip. But we didn't really do much, and, and that was expected. Uh, a Seeloff, it's funny. He, he's a big physical guy, and he's not known for his, uh, you know, offensive abilities, but he's played in two NHL games, scored two goals uh, on four shots, so he's 50% at shooting. Uh, he's He scored uh, both of his debuts with the Calgary Flames and the Ottawa Senators, so... I mean, let's knock on wood, and hopefully he scores with the Ducks when he makes his debut. Um, but he's more just a seems like a AHL player, a career AHL player, and you know that, that defensive defenseman guy. Uh, he, he does bring leadership. He, he's the alternate captain of the, the Senators AHL team over there. So I mean, I, I guess that's that's good. I mean, Gibbons wasn't probably going to come back this season, so we got something for him uh, from him. I mean, I mean that's a positive. And then moving Dalzado, I mean, just just taking away his cap to St. Louis, and it makes me think that that whole trade, uh, that goalie we traded, uh, and the whole uh, future considerations, like maybe that was one of them. Like, hey, you know, we gave you this player for nothing, and you can now you can take um, 
you know, this player and a little bit of a cap, you know, for this draft pick, you know, vice versa. I don't know. But I, I don't think we came out losers, and, and the Ducks really couldn't do anything. And 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 like I said, I mean, what's there to do? Because we don't know what's going on, and we just we barely got told or you know informed that this retooling thing's going on. So I guess we have to wait and see. Uh, you know, I guess the come the draft and come the you know the free agency if we you know how much cap we have, and or actually the draft will probably be more significant and see what we do. But um. I guess it's going to be a wait and see, and, and we just got to just hope for the best. And, you know, we got to just be uh, – we have to just be good fans and just stand, stand behind our team. I, obviously, you know, I mean, as much as I want it, I mean, I want the Ducks to win the Stanley Cup, but I, I really don't think it's going to happen this year at all. Like just There's no chance about that, what, what's going on. I mean, who knows? I mean, they can probably all just click and start having a – you know, a, a, do a 180 and, and go on a big streak. But, I mean, it's highly, you know, unlikely. So we just got to be patient and see what happens in the off season, and then um, and go from there. And I know it sucks to say, and and we just kind of just are, are just kind of waiting. But I guess the you know I'm doing a little quote bunny fingers, whatever the retooling thing is happening. So we got to wait and see what happens in the off season and go from there. Yeah, I mean that's really the situation the Ducks are in right now. I mean I think that they are playing better. Uh, I don't think that they're going to end up last in the entire Western Conference, but. You now they might squeeze in the playoffs. I mean, you'll see. They might. They could get a wild card, but who knows? I mean, overall, I think in all these games under Murray, really uh, five out of six of them, they played pretty good. You know, they only had the one game against Boston where they kind of had a bad start, and then they weren't able to recover from that. But overall, they've been playing pretty competitive. And I expect them to play, you know, competitive the rest of the season. Like we said, I don't think they're going to tank on purpose. So, But as far as the Ducks doing anything big or anything, like we said, it wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen. And uh, what they did is they got younger, they created some more cap space, and that's what you know the team's going to look for. And, of course, they got to get a new coach in the summer. So that's where the team's at right now. But, you know, the trade deadline overall, Eddie, wasn't very exciting at all. Uh, pretty boring. Um, you know, if you look at most of the teams and what happened, there wasn't really a whole lot. I, I think the big one, Eddie, that we were joking about was the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They pulled the Oprah, you know, uh, you, you get a player, you get a player, you get a player, you know, and, and we get every player. I mean, uh, you know, Columbus was the one that was going out and getting everybody. I think they were probably one of the big winners on the day. You know, we saw uh, Vegas get Mark Stone and then sign him to a crazy extension. Uh, Nashville got Simmons as well. Uh, what did you think about, you know, as far as I, I guess the winners as far as, uh, you know, the trade deadline went? I, I guess some of these teams would have been the ones that uh, – were winners, but there, you know, wasn't really a whole lot of winning and losing today. A lot of, you know, everybody staying the same pretty much or some minor deals. Oh, Columbus by far. Columbus is doing everything possible to solidify a spot in the playoffs and get past their, you know, the, the, their little unlucky streak of not, you know, advancing in the playoffs. And, and, and it worked for them, and, and they didn't really give up that much. I mean, yeah, they gave up a lot, but it wasn't too much. It wasn't that bad. Uh, I think they, they were the big winners, and they came out real strong. And, yeah, it, it was kind of a boring draft. I mean, it started off with Columbus getting Kincaid for a 2020, right, 2022nd uh, fifth-round pick. So, But overall, we're just I'm sitting here just like, okay, what's going on? And I take a little nap and tell my buddy, you know, who's not a hockey fan at all, he just helped me out because I was tired. Hey, when the trade happens, you know, just wake me up. Let me know. So, they had doze off for like five minutes. He's like, "Hey, some guy named Stone is is, is gone." I'm like, "Oh, Mark Stone? 
he's I don't know some stoner guy. I'm like, it's Mark Stone. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on. And that was just like, and and after that, it just went. You know, you got Hayes going Stone, and then you had Simmons going, like you said, to Nashville. Nashville got a lot stronger. Uh, Hayes going to Winnipeg, they got a lot stronger. But I think the biggest winners here are Columbus Blue Jackets, and they um they're really trying to to make their mark, and you know, and hopefully it pays off for them. You know that they worked hard. Their GM, you know, I'm pretty sure he didn't sleep, and he was just trying to make deals and make his team better. And they did get that much better. And I think the players that they did sign aren't going to be rentals. They're probably going to just have fun and seeing how much hard their GM works, and they're going to appreciate that. And they're probably going to sign long term, especially Matt Duchesne. He he he's more of of a loyal person. I know he had the problems with you know in Colorado, and there's more internal stuff to go on with that, but. I mean, he, he just has a new family. He wants to just find his spot and and be that leader and be that, that player to help a team win a Stanley Cup. So I wish him the best of luck, too. I, this is kind of unpopular. I know Phil from Bay Bolts is probably going to hate this, but I think Tampa Bay kind of came out as losers today. Um, they had a chance to, to bolster their roster, and Phil was talking about you know adding Simmons. And Simmons to the Bolts, would have significantly helped them. I mean, we've seen what Tom Wilson did with the Capitals, you know, last season. Just those kind of players you need in the playoffs. Those physical, hard-nosed players that can put points on the board, that get in those dirty areas and, and open up spaces for players. And, and I think that, you know, yeah, I mean, the Bolts are by far, they're the best team in the NHL, but I think they could have got that much better and they could have just been that much dangerous by adding someone like Simmons or, or, or Hayes, even Hayes, he's a big power forward, like six, what, six, three, six, four. He, he's a big boy, but they just kind of stood put and, or, you know, just didn't really do anything. So, I, I mean, I know this is like most like unpopular thing I'm saying about them being the losers, but I think if, if Tampa Bay would have added some, some kind of like grit to their roster, it would have helped them in the playoffs and made them that much more dangerous. So, I'm not sure who you think the loser is, Mike, but I mean, the, that's my thing. And I'm sorry, Phil. I mean, I'll probably, I'm probably sure you'll text me later and like, well, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel you what you're saying, too. I mean, yeah, Tampa Bay didn't do much. But, of course, you know, they're just blowing everybody away in the entire league right now. I mean, they've just been killing it. So they didn't do a whole lot. But like you said, yeah, they could have added someone else to, to do it in there. But, you know, I didn't really think a, a lot of teams in the West really did a whole lot. I mean, uh, Edmonton didn't really – well, Edmonton didn't do anything. <laughs> and, I mean, you look at the Kings, they didn't do a whole lot. You know, uh, Vancouver, Arizona. I mean, there's some of these minor league trades. I mean, I, I didn't really see a whole lot in the Western Conference, or uh, specifically the Pacific Division, I should say. Not not a lot there. Um, you know, outside of, uh, of course, Vegas uh, doing some stuff there and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Edmonton, the Kings, teams that didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, like you said, Tampa Bay didn't do much. Um, the thing that surprised me was the Vegas move wasn't so much the trade – I mean, you know, they sent a couple players to Ottawa, draft pick, whatnot. But what was crazy to me was the extension that they gave Mark Stone right off the bat. I mean, they ended up doing an eight-year, $9 million annual average contract. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a great player and everything. But we talk about these big long-term contracts and whatnot. I'm not a big fan of those. I don't like doing these six, seven, eight-year deals and a lot of money. I'm just not a big fan. Um, and don't get me wrong, Stone's a really good player, but I just thought that that extension was kind of crazy, Eddie. I don't know what you thought. I mean, obviously good on Vegas. They're definitely making a push. 
um, in the Western Conference. But holy smokes, I mean, eight years, nine million a year. I just for me that was a little bit too much in money and term. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of the long contracts. It just kind of you know you're going to have a player in his prime for three, four years, and then boom, he's just going to you know make a lot of money and not really do anything. But I think that kind of solidified him going over there, like the whole sign and trade thing. I think Vegas didn't want to like a rental player; they they wanted to keep a player. So I think part of the you know if you you know if you look down to their contract thing and there's their discussions, I think part of it, you know, that trade you know being you know finalized was him wanting to sign a contract. I, I remember, um, I think it was like what eight in the morning. They were talking about how Vegas. Uh, how Vegas is, you know, talking over there to um, the senators and trying to get a deal done. I, I think they had a deal done already. It was just trying to get him to sign a contract. And I mean, Vegas is a, a, a brand new team, and and they're a good team, and they're probably going to win a cup in the next few years. I know, no doubt about that. And another thing is, it's like there's no state tax, so he he gets that money like straight more money over there. I think it'll be good for him. He's a really good player. What, what four seasons already? He has sixty plus points, and uh, he, he has he's putting up sixty points already with the uh, with Ottawa, and, and they're you know dead last. But I mean, the money. Oh, oh, that's a lot. Maybe seven for me. I know it's a it's only a million, but seven for me. But the, the term is long, and I'm not a big fan of those terms. But I understand to get players signed, they want stability, and I mean, in, what are you gonna do? It's just take on a rental player just to have him walk on you. I mean, you have to have to go and take a, take a gamble. I mean, that's the most appropriate thing to say for Vegas. They're gambling. So let's see if it works out for them. And I, hopefully it fails when they play the ducks and he doesn't get any points at all. I mean, that's the best thing we can hope for, but yeah, I mean, at least they're trying to, to bolster their roster and to make a cup run. And if they win the Stanley cup, then I guess, you know, that, that kind of pays off for it. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. The only other, uh, the team that really did anything in the, uh, Pacific division was San Jose. You know, they did get Nyquist. Remember there was a lot of talks, uh, before about the ducks with the, you know, being involved in years before and whatnot. And so the sharks did give up a bunch of draft picks. Um, they did give up a second round for this coming year and a third round next year. Uh, conditional pick so they did do that but you know obviously they got a little bit better uh, bringing him in too so you've got uh, Vegas and uh, San Jose you know trying to do their thing in the Pacific Division there trying to get a little bit better but you know overall I mean it was was quiet for the whole league but definitely the Pacific I didn't see a whole lot going on and um, like you said you've got uh, Nashville trying to go for it as well and then Columbus really getting crazy. They they did so much stuff today. So those are the teams that I looked at, you know, kind of the ones that won out. I mean, I don't think the Sharks necessarily won today. But, again, they're another team that, you know, tried to do some moves and put themselves in a better position. Nashville, same way. They tried to do some stuff. But that was really it. I mean, I think a lot of teams just uh, stayed pat or some of them didn't do a whole lot at all, like we mentioned. So, I mean – it's sad to say, but this trade deadline was boring. I mean, it was. It just was not that exciting this year around. Not a whole lot of action or a lot of things going on. Not a lot of trades overall either. So, um, you know, I don't see a whole lot changing. But those teams that did add, I mean, they're definitely in the mix. Like we said, Nashville, San Jose, Vegas, Columbus, they're they're all trying for sure. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I mean, now the dust has settled and whatnot. Like we said, not much going to change with the Ducks. We do have a lot of fan questions about, uh, you know, what's going on 
uh, as far as, uh, you know, with this uh, trade deadline and, you know, uh, we'll get to some of those right now. But, uh, you know, one of them that we talked about, uh, we had Josh, you know, he was at the watch party, asked about the Ducks, you know, are the Ducks a playoff team after this? And uh, I, I would still tell you that most likely they're not a playoff team. Or if they do make the playoffs, they're barely going to make it and they're going to get knocked out. So um, I don't think that they are a contender. Uh, I do think that they could kind of squeeze in there. You know, sometimes I do think in the back of my mind, Eddie, it's kind of funny. But you remember a couple years ago, some team north of us in the five freeway barely made the playoffs and got hot and went all the way and won. And I, I think it would be amazing if that happened with this team. But I'm a realist too, so I, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up everybody's. You know what? Uh, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them being a contending type team. They they may squeeze in the playoffs, but I, you know I just don't see them going that far, Eddie. I I agree with you. I, that's my, my doubts exactly. It, you know, I almost threw up when you mentioned that that other team. I don't want to. <laughs> that's why the other team. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't see that with the Ducks. They they just don't have that much fight in them, and. Yeah, they, they have a few good games here and there, and it's like, yeah, we start getting our hopes up, but they just always revert back to that, you know, that complacentness, and, and they don't play a full 60-minute game. And I, I think I can only count on one hand this season how many games they played a full 60 minutes, uh, maybe less if I only had, like, three fingers. I don't know. They they start off strong. Are they finished strong? Are they in the middle of the game? They start you know having that glimpse of, of that flash of greatness, but they just revert back to just going through the motions. And I, I don't see this team being that uh that killer team that that's willing to go and and win the playoffs and and thrive in it. And I, I definitely don't want to you know I know this sounds bad, but I'd rather Ducks just lose more games and not make the playoffs and then you know barely squeeze in and just get you know swept again just to be embarrassed that it just you know i don't want that to happen at all i'd rather get a better draft pick than, than have the ducks go out in the first round again and especially you know for retooling i gotta google that freaking word and see what it means because <laughs> I, I can't even spell retooling and i that's just an inside joke that from a movie but I mean, I, I, people say tank, and I hate that word because I, I hate to see, you know, a team tank. And if, if, if the Ducks were tanking, then why am I going to waste my time watching the games? I, I can do – well, I don't really have a life, so I won't do anything else. But still, I can, you know, wash my hair or something. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's kind of frustrating, and it's, it's frustrating to see your team and know what the outcome is going to be and know that we're going to have a long summer. And that just that just bothers you the most. But I mean, what, what keeps us hopeful is hopefully that retooling word means that we'll make some, you know, a little bit of transactions during the off season and get that much better. Uh, hopefully, our young guns are that much stronger, and they're, you know, they can handle more responsibility and they can really bring it to them. And and who knows? I mean, maybe this little retooling word is just just for this season, and come next season, we'll be a brand new team. With some of the same players and a lot of the youth coming up, so uh, we can only hope for that. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of goes along with the next uh, fan question. Melissa asked, you know, how many games are the Ducks going to win the rest of the season? How are these these new guys going to fit in? Well, I mean, the Ducks have about twenty games to go, and and honestly, they've been five hundred right now with Murray, and that's kind of what I think is going to happen the rest of the season. I think they're going to probably win half the games and lose half the games. I, I don't see them, uh, you know, making a huge push. Uh, like we said, they've played better, uh, you know, in these uh, six games with Murray. I'd say five out of six of them, they could have won. 
so I, I do think they could win a little bit more than they lose too, but I don't see it being much. And then as far as the new guys, there's not really a whole lot of new guys. The Ducks only brought in two players. Uh, I think uh, Cooley's going to be in there in the bottom pairing, um, you know, defensively. Um, and he may fit in. We'll, we'll see. Um, as, as far as Seeloff, I, I think he's just going to be more in the minors, if anything. So there's not going to be a whole lot of changes. You did see uh, some of the moves. The Ducks did bring up Holzer, and they did send Walensky back down. So you're probably going to see a little bit more of the, the German tank uh, in there on the blue line. Obviously, he's, he's not going to provide a lot of offense, but, you know, uh, Holzer doesn't make too many mistakes. So I think he's going to be one that the Ducks are going to have in there a lot, too, on that third pairing as well. So that's my take on that, Eddie. Uh, what do you think as far as the Ducks, you know, how many games are going to win or lose here in the last, uh, you know, five or six weeks of the season? Yeah, same here. I, I think it's going to be just 50-50. Uh, you know, we're all making fun of Murray, but he's not doing that bad of a job coaching. And, and the Ducks seem like they're they're playing a lot better I, I think they're playing their best hockey with Murray behind the bench. Uh, these, and yeah, even though like you know against Edmonton and, and Calgary, I, I know I didn't watch the Calgary game, but I was talking to a, a lot of fans and I was talking to you, Mike, and it seemed like the Ducks really you know played their the, the, pretty much their best, and, and and they hung with one of the best in the West, and, and they only lost by one point. And I think it, two of the goals went off a play a Ducks player, Megna, I believe it was. Yep. Yep. I mean, you you can't really hit on the Ducks for that, but I, I think they're, they're going to win some, they're going to lose some. I don't think they're going to finish dead last at all. You know, Ottawa's over here saying, hold my beer by trading everyone and their mother. <laughs> I, even like, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think uh, Mike texts me saying, hey, just out of respect, uh, I'm letting you know that we almost traded you to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to end up that. I think we're probably going to maybe be like fifth fifth to last, hopefully, or barely just out of a wild card spot. It might come down to the game, and we lose that game. We barely miss it by that much. But, I mean, I, I love the Ducks, their mentality, though, right now, because they have that little more fight in them, uh, especially that, that first game when they played against Vancouver, and he had two fights. He had a, you know, a 1-0 win by Boyle. It was just... It, a whole different temple you saw the team and a whole different Ducks team you saw. And I really wish, you know, um, like, like we talked about in numerous shows, that Carlisle would have been gone a long time ago because maybe that could have helped the Ducks and we could have been, you know, buyers instead of, you know, semi-sellers and, you know, this, you know, trade deadline. But it's what it is and all we do is have to hope for the best and, you know, we just have to go to, you know, every game expecting a win. Like, like tonight we're, we're playing Vancouver and, you know, hopefully we can just get a win regardless, you know, I, I, yeah, I do want the higher draft pick, but I don't want to watch my team lose at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another thing that came out while we're recording this, uh, I guess the Ducks made another move, uh, at least roster move, not a trade, but they did send uh, Sam Steele back to San Diego and then they brought up uh, Angus Redmond. Kind of a weird thing there. So that, that just kind of hit the, uh, hit the, the uh, social media posts now uh, from the Ducks. So kind of interesting. I, I don't know what's going on exactly as far as that. Um, like we said, Holzer was already brought up and Walensky was sent down. So they, they're kind of making some more movement here. Uh, don't know if they're going to be sending um, maybe Boyle back down or whatnot but uh, later on. But there's another move that they did as well. So just some minor stuff. There's going to be a lot of that, though, going on, a lot of shuffling. 
Uh, like we talked about, Ducks probably 500 the rest of the season. They're going to be moving players up and down, uh, getting ready for the end of the season, probably trying out a lot more of the younger guys as well, I would think, based upon what's going on and what's happened so far this year. A um, couple more questions here. We'll round out the show. We uh, did have Alex. He asked us, you know, is, is there some kind of bad blood between Montour and Bob Murray with the way everything went down with the arbitration and all that and whatnot? And I, I don't think it's that. I just think uh, Murray's got a real hard on for not playing defensive you know, hockey and being lazy. I mean, we saw Pontus Aberg get sent out earlier in the season despite leading the team and scoring goals for most of, of the season. So I think they kind of sent a message for that. And then, of course, you saw Montour go out, and he had some defensive issues going on this season as well. So I, I think that's kind of more what it is, but, you know, with uh, Murray. I think that's been the theme. I don't think there's any negative uh, feelings or blood, bad blood between the two, but that's kind of what I've seen, Eddie, is just if you're going to, you know, come to the rink and, and you're not going to play a complete, uh, complete game and be a little bit lazy uh, in your defensive responsibilities, especially if you're a defensive player, um, things are going to happen. You're either going to get sent down or traded. And I, I really think that that's what's been going on because we put so much pressure on Gibson this season. Now he's out on the IR. And like you and I talked about, they should have given him more rest. And, and I mean, now he is getting rest because you've had uh, Miller and Boyle and net. And I, that's what I see has been the issue. I, I don't think there's any hard feelings. I just think it's Murray's really demanding a lot defensively uh, of his players, whether you play forward or defense. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think these players, you know, um, that term professional comes first when it be before athlete, and they all know the game. And they have their agents that that that, that kind of like go to the arbitration and argue their money, and it's not you know someone being selfish. And everyone understands, and, and you know, him wanting to, to get the most money for his value is understandable. I mean, no one wants to work a job and you know, have another guy that that's less than him getting more money. Uh, I don't know if, if that was a question you're, you're, you're asking Alex. Um, but I mean, it's just business on, on that aspect. And as far as trading, I mean, it happens. It sucks. It, it just, I, I'm pretty sure these players hate it. And, you know, just, just as anyone, if you're working a job, you're comfortable and they trade you, I mean, you're going to have some kind of like, just not ill feelings, but it's just like, man, you know, what happened? Uh, if you guys didn't see the the Montour interview, we posted it on Ducks and Pucks on the on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, he, he looked kind of bummed out and stuff like that, but I don't think he has any hard feelings toward Murray. And and, and our hockey players, our hockey players are usually, they, they have some class and they have that professionalism. Or if they did, they're not going to address it publicly. But just the way he was talking, he didn't seem like there was any – you know, bad blood between him and Murray. He was just kind of bummed out with everything. I, I think he kind of just more bummed out that in his mind, he thinks that he could have done something better to, to stay on the ducks and help the ducks and not resort to him getting traded. But, um, I mean, yeah, as far as, I mean, yeah, the, the, there's always an outlier where, uh, you know, a GM and a player don't get along or a coach and a player don't get along that well. And, and it goes, you know, a different way. You, you look back in the day when Patrick Wall yelled at his owner saying he's never going to play for Montreal again. I mean, you have things like that. But, I mean, with, with Montour's case, I think it was just, you know, a business transaction and things weren't working out, you know, by both parties. And, and Montour probably knew that he wasn't going to get the money that – He's going to want when he becomes a free agent. He's probably going to command within the five or four to five million mark. And I, I can't see Murray, you know, giving him that too as well. So, I mean, it just, 
it's just one of those things. It's business is business, and they just let it go at that. Um, I'm pretty sure when Montour comes back to Anaheim, he's he's gonna want to play his best hockey just to be like, hey, well, you traded me, and, you know, look what happened. So, I mean, it's what it is in business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's the thing. I I, I think Montour wanted to stay, so I, I don't really see there being any kind of bad blood or anything like that. I think, like you said. That was business. I think part of it, too, is you had to move someone, like we said, to keep Silverberg, as we talked about earlier in the show. So, you know, that was part of the issue, too, and, and that was the one that he wanted to go with, and that's the way it went down. So there was a lot of things going on. I think, you know, like we said, if uh, Silverberg wasn't given that kind of an extension, Montour would still be here. So, yeah, uh, with that, uh, I guess uh, one other question we do have, it's kind of funny, uh, Eddie, is <laughs> my buddy Stan, he asked, why is Bob Murray so red? And he's, he's talking about Bob Murray's face. So, you know, my automatic answer is going to be that he drinks a lot, which I'm not saying he does. But if someone has a, a red face all the time, uh, it's either complexion or a lot of drinking. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go with drinking. No, just kidding. I, I'm going with pl- complexion, Eddie. I, you know, we have to answer some of the humorous questions, too. But what, what do you think? You think or maybe maybe Murray's angry. But what, what do you think, Eddie? I don't know, Mike. I haven't got any sleep, but I've been up all night and all day uh, covering the draft. And I've been drinking since the morning. And my face <laughs> is pretty red. And, and, and I'm part Hispanic, so I have a little darker complexion. But my face is red right now. So uh, shout out to my buddy who's driving into my hockey game uh, tonight. Hopefully, you know, I'll sweat all this out and, well, I'll probably be more red. But I don't know. I noticed that too, though. I see his face. He's just always so red. Like, dude, what is going on? Like, are you, like, putting that tanning bed a little too high? Is that the new thing? (laughs) I know I've been out of the whole dating game for a while, but is it to be, like, blood red? That's a new thing. I have no idea. But, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> it's a funny question. Thanks for answering that or asking that. It's a you know, little humor, but like you said, my complexion, I, I'm going with alcohol. Uh, he just stressed out. He, he's, you know, vice president, general manager, uh, coach. So, I mean, who knows? Those little Gatorade bottles probably filled with vodka or I don't even know if vodka turns you red. I think it was like whiskey turns you red or something. I have no idea. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta throw some humor into the show once in a while. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, with that, we're pretty much going to wrap up the, uh, the Ducks got some, uh, you know, more games to play, obviously, and we'll see how they do the rest of the season. We'll keep trying to do podcasts every week, or if something crazy happens, obviously we'll, we'll jump on there and uh, talk more on the show. Uh, don't forget, we're still doing giveaways on our Patreon website, uh, patreon.com slash ducks and pucks. If you sign up, you can still win game tickets or t-shirts as well. And we appreciate the support. And we'll be back, like I said, probably in a week. We'll see what happens. And let's go Ducks.